Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. Gangs together on Monday. Eric, how are you? Hey, Fred, how you doing, man? Good, good. You have a good I weekend? You, I, I, yeah, I had a great weekend. I can tell you one thing, though. Yeah. Whatever you eat, though, that look mighty good. That chicken don't have a chance. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you. That chicken don't have a Woo! chance with you, Fred. Hey, hey, let's get Gobbling into it. it down. Hey, hey, E.D., so we had a bet with, your, you know, our boy Rob Parker. Uh-huh. Right, and it, uh-huh. and it was what was the it was a long time ago, before the baseball season. Yeah, before baseball season started, it was about a, a Padres, right? I think or Dodgers, something like that. Padres were going to win the West. Yeah, Padres going to win the West. So we bet him a long time ago that it wasn't going to happen. So we finally are getting paid on that that bet, Ed. So is that so the chicken? wings? Yeah, chicken wings. Well, I've been doing. Let me tell you something. Yeah, Fred, Fred, Fred is enjoying like, them, brother. If y'all could see Fred the way he's smacking on this chicken, chickens and, don't stand yeah, a chance. Man, that, that, that's, that, that, he, he turned that chicken to a true skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good too. I got to tell you what. I could tell. So, well, Rob yeah. Parker, thank you for paying off your bet. Yeah, Rob, he did. Nobody can Rob. say you don't pay off your bets anymore, man. You paid mm. off your bet. And Rob's a good man. He is a good man. Uh, okay. Before we get to the Dodgers, uh, quick note, Rams, Chargers. Rams, I mean, defense played well. Put Matthew Stafford in position. It worked. Chargers just completely overwhelmed by the uh, Ravens. Am I right on both counts? I would say most definitely. The the, the Rams played a good game. I mean, you know what? And I said this last week. I said, you know, this is kind of a, one of those trap games, a game you should win. And uh, sometimes, you know, you go down there and like, you play down to your opponents, um, how they play. You play like they play. But they did, and the Rams played it, and they played good. I mean, they, they started out kind of slow, but they beat that team the way you, sh- you should beat a, a bad football team. I hate to call the Giants a bad football team, but they are. And then they played, you know, they, they played a good football game. Uh, on the other end, the Chargers, man. Well, first of all, they, 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 they run into a bus. Uh, I mean, you're, you're in Baltimore. Baltimore's playing very good football, you know. Um, and that defense is, is coming around. And you know the char- it's, it's hard to play, you know, those early games back on, in the East. Yeah. It really is, Rodney. You know that, yeah. man. You know you have a t- they had a tough game the week before playing the Cleveland Browns. I mean, a tough game, and they come back and have to fly all the way over to Baltimore to try to play the Ravens, a good football team, and Ravens just took it to them. Yeah, um, and on the Rams part, you're right. Yeah, you know, we we you know this, Ed. We talk about it all the time. You gotta you gotta destroy the teams you you're supposed to destroy and 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 take their wheel from early. And right. in that game, it was they just they smothered the Giants. The Giants looked like a, a JV team. They really did. And I know they're they they got a lot of injuries and you know they 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 don't have Saquon and some other receivers, but it it looked like um the Rams were were having practice out there because it wasn't <laughs> it really wasn't it really wasn't competitive it really wasn't no, and and, no. and so but you got to do that to teams like that you can't give them any life and the Rams really didn't give them any life um so that game was was a game like you said they got a stretch here the Rams do in the next three four games that they they should beat up on all these teams that they're playing in the next three weeks um started with the with the Giants this past weekend um on the other hand the, the Chargers got a wake-up call they got a wake yeah. up call because everybody's been talking about the Chargers. Everybody said, "Ooh, they're gonna take over the West and <laughs> Kansas City's down and Mahomes not playing well. Kansas City defense not very good and who knows? And Denver's really not very good and the Raiders just you know just fired their coach. They're in disarray. So it's all about the Chargers. It's all about the Chargers. They got you know maybe they got according to my colleague right here, 
Maybe they got the best top two quarterbacks in the he's top two quarterbacks in the league. Not this colleague. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's a there's a little bit of maybe you know reading those those clippings a little bit, thinking this is our shot. And like you said, they ran into a buzzsaw a team in Baltimore that after the first week has been getting better every single week. And defensively, like you said, they're coming around playing well, even though they still are missing some guys. But offensively. Lamar, Lamar Jackson is 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 elevating into a all around quarterback. And I I look I, I always love the guy. Do what you do, you know. And he has done what he's done. But now he can beat you in so many different ways and playing with so much confidence that they did run into a buzzsaw back there. And they got a tremendous wake up call because when you look about the, you know around the teams that are at the top of the AFC. Baltimore is up there, and that's the standard that you have to play with, and they got rocked back in Baltimore. All right, let's uh, let's talk more about football coming up. We've set the table there. We'll do it later on in the hour. Uh, both Chargers and Rams will get more into it. Brett Shepard listens to the show, and he just tweeted the show. The Dodgers are done. The Dodgers are done. Uh, well, let's listen to Red. Red must know. Red must he must no, talk. Red, Red must who? Red must talk to Mr. Oh, Brett. Oh, I Red. thought he said Red Shepard. I thought he said, thought he said Red too. Yeah, Brett <laughs> Shepard said the Dodgers. Well, Brett must have done. that crystal ball that we've been looking for, E.D. I'm telling you, Miss Cleo, shot stop by <laughs> Brett's out. <laughs> Bad weekend for the Dodgers. Bad weekend in Atlanta. Uh, they come off the one in San Francisco. They get there. They lose by a run on Saturday. They didn't hit the ball, so it was kind of a famine game offensively for them. Last night, they hit the ball. The pitching, you know, struggled a little bit. They ended up losing in the ninth inning. Uh, so much to talk about when it comes to last night's game, Rodney. And the big question, at least the fans, this is what was being kicked around. Why did you use Julio in relief in the eighth inning? Why would you put him into the game there? Trinidad had pitched the seventh. He only threw seven pitches. One, two, three. You know he's got probably a little more juice in him. Julio who had pitched the other night and is scheduled for game four, goes in as a reliever and got hit. After the game, Dave Roberts said, we wanted to go with a left-hander. We had Brule, but we really thought that Julio was the guy with the experience, the guy we were more comfortable with because we wanted to go with a left-hander. So I guess the first question is, how much can Julio pitch? He pitched in San Francisco. He came in last night. Supposed to go game four, and to me, in the untrained eye, and you played, it seemed like he just didn't have as much pop on his pitches. And maybe it's too much. Maybe using him last night was too much. Maybe. I mean, time will tell. You know, this guy's – look, it's, it's the postseason. So there are going to be nights where you – and it's talked about all the time. There's nights where you feel it. And there's nights where you don't feel it. It's those nights that you don't feel it that you got to fight through it and make it happen. There's no guarantee because you warm up in the bullpen. Oh, I feel good. I'm, my fastball is going to be lively. And you get out there and sometimes it's not. And, and you have those nuts. Everybody is, is, is human in that respect. I, I think in that moment, because who was coming up? Uh, it was Rosario was coming up. Yeah, and, the left and Freddie, Freddie yeah. Freeman was coming yeah. up. So in, in a game where you lost game one and you're trying to, to steal one in, in Atlanta to get back home 1-1, I think in the minds they're thinking, let's put our guy out there that can shut it down, who's been awesome all season long. Let's get out of here with a win because they're not going to be up four two at the time, right? Yep. They're not going to be able to hit Julio. We get with two run lead. Let's go. 
Let Julio close the door on this, and he'll be ready. He's not going to, you know, two innings tops, maybe inning and a half tops, he'll still be ready. And so I'm not 100% mad at the decision. Julio just didn't necessarily have it. I, I, I like the decision, go get that win on the road if you can steal it. You're up 4-2 in the game. Let's go get this win. Put your best guy out there. And and they did, and, and it didn't end up working for him. But I'm not mad at the decision. Well, I, I, this is how I feel about it. I, I feel like, you know, Dodgers are the, the best team in baseball. And I think it's, you know, I think something that now I think it's coming from the front office too much. I mean, we're trying all these gimmicks and all this kind of stuff. Why don't you just play your best players and, and, and be done with it? I mean, that, that's, you know, it's like, look, we run the football. Why are we going to try to throw the football? You know, and, and I, I look at the Dodgers as like they won 106 games, you know, and they were injured, not even healthy. And, and still, you know, this is not money ball. <laughs> We're not the A's. We don't have a $30 million roster. We have a $200 million roster. You know, so, you know, I just feel like putting Julio out there, it, to me, I think it was an injustice to Julio. I felt like that, you know. And so, like I say, you know, I forgot what's the guy you just said that was pitching uh, before. I can't think of his name. Um, Trident. Right Trident, yeah. Why, why didn't you leave Trident out there? He was doing good. I mean, and, you know, all of us can second guess when somebody, oh, well, you know, man, if we, if we didn't let him out there, he did this. Oh, man, see, we put Julio in. This is what happened. But to me, let Dave Roberts be the manager. I just feel like too much is coming from the front office. You know, all these algorithms and let's do this, let's do that. You know, 12% says, you know, that, that you need to do this. You know, 15% says, man, hey, you know, it's like play baseball. You know, put your best players in a position to win. Like play football. Don't be don't don't be listening to all these algorithms. I just feel like I think I, to me, I think they're doing the Dodgers and Dave Roberts Roberts uh, injustice. Okay. Well, if if you went with the analytics, uh Gratterall pitches in the ninth, gives up a hit. They go get Kenley Jansen now. Albies is on. Jansen gets him to hit a bullet. I mean, he hit the ball hard, but Corey Seeger honestly should have made that play. At the very least, keep it in the infield. You've got to yeah. knock it down. Yeah, yeah. And you know you have to knock it down. No. Under his glove and the Dodgers lose. Uh, you can say Will Smith. Play at the plate. Now, you know, we have the advantage of seeing it in slow motion. In real time, it's a bang-bang play. Runner coming around. I think it was Rosario. Here's the throw to the plate. Will Smith doesn't get it. Now, there's a guy barreling down on you. The throw's coming from the outfield. You know, the, the replay shows, yeah, he could have caught the ball. But a tough play, don't get me wrong. Instead, he missed. Rosario knocked his glove off, and another run scores. Defensive problems have hurt the Dodgers this year. I'm not saying Will Smith could have made that play, but maybe he could. Corey Seager should knock that ball down. Yeah. Period. Well, I mean, it's been the theme, and we'll, I'm sure David Vasek, when he comes on, will will echo that. That defensively has been kind of the problem with the the Dodgers lately. It's not just, you know, Trey Turner. He's still struggling a little bit at second base. He makes some throws, they're out instead of safe. You know, he doesn't bobble a couple balls, they're out instead of safe. Justin Turner made an error the other night at third base, where he, you know, he bobbled the ball and the guy's safe at first. I think it ended up in a run. Yeah, so, it did. So. You know, defensively, that has been the issue to me more so than, than look, Dave Rob, I do I do agree he should have stayed with Trinan because Trinan has been lights out, and he only threw, what, three pitches in that, that seven. one? Seven. Seven pitches in that, in that, that inning. 
um, and he's been he's been great. But I get it. I understand lefty on lefty. Let's go bring Julio try to win this game. We're up by two. I get that. And then I heard some people argue, well, if Mookie's in right field, then then he, he throws the guy out at the plate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they move Mookie to center field in, in the switch. So I don't know. I don't know if he does or not. It was still a great throw and a bang bang play at the plate. Oh, he, he the throw was there. Yeah. Don't don't say well Mookie would have thrown him out. The throw was right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I don't know about that either. Uh, he also ran out of position players in the ninth inning. If that game goes to extra innings, uh, Clayton Kershaw is not even on the roster. So I don't know who's hitting at that point because he's out of guys in the ninth. He ran through everybody. That's unusual for him. Yeah. He doesn't do that. He yeah. learned that in the past. Yeah, but he I did think last up, night. Up late in the game, up four two, you're you're thinking I'm gonna win this in regulation, and that's kind of your mindset. You're not playing. Right. It's two two, and I think I think it's a different story. Even with Julio coming in and all those things, I think it's a whole, totally different story. But when you're up four two, and the back end, the way it's been performing for the Dodgers, you're feeling pretty good about we're gonna win this game in regulation. AJ well, Pollock struggled last night again. Yeah. Struggled. Yeah, it was a really bad weekend for the Dodgers in Atlanta. Uh, and to come back here, and then there's this, and I don't know how you feel about it. To me, Julio looked fatigued. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm just telling you. I that- think they all did, to be honest with you. I think I think they all did. Okay. I think they all did coming off the one-game amped-up game against the Cardinals, the five-game grueling against your arch-rival in Frisco, Get on a plane right after that game in, in San Francisco and fly across. We just talked about in football, going from West Coast to East Coast. And, yeah, they may have a day to kind of get there, but it's still taxing on your body, especially after coming off. I'm making excuses because everybody's got to do it. they got to come. Atlanta's got to come here now. But still, coming off that five-game series, Atlanta was rested. Remember, they beat they beat uh, Milwaukee in yep. four. Um, and so they're sitting there waiting, and they're playing at home. And so, to me, they all kind of looked fatigued. We saw, you know, Justin Turner was not right. Next you know, stinger. Next stinger. Um, you mentioned, you know, Corey Seager. Yeah, he hit the home run. But he, I think the, overall, just looking at the team, they looked like they were a little fatigued going into that series. And I was really, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to give them game one because the crowd's going to be there. It's going to be amped up. I'll give it like, it's a one-run ball game then. You know, one in on a walk-off at the end. Had they gotten blown out the Dodgers in these first two games, and I would be concerned, oh my God, they lost eight to one and then they lost seven to one. Oh now now it's now it's troubling. But they lost in a walk off scenario in both of these games, which they did not play well and they could have won them both. So now coming back home, yes, it's important, but I'm not as overly panicked about them losing two games the way they lost them in Atlanta as as a lot of people are. Um well go ahead, Eric. Well when when they down to Atlanta last year, yeah. when they down to- Two, yeah. 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0 and so, then 3-1. Right, then 3-1, right. So, so we kind of were down in the same situation we were last year. And like you said, Rodney, man, we they had a they had a big game that they played uh, last week against uh, Giants. the Giants. The Giants. I mean, that was that was taxing. I mean, when you play a, a, your your rival, you know, you're down to your rival, and you come back and beat them the way they beat them. I mean, you know, that that takes a lot out of you. I don't think people realize that takes a lot out of you. So. I think that uh, going to Atlanta, like you said, going back to the East, going way back to Atlanta, you know, not a lot of rest. You know, no matter what, as you fly, you know, you think you're relaxing, but you're still on the plane. The, the time, the time difference, it has a, it, it has a, it has an issue on you. And 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 both these games are very close. I mean, could have went either way. I mean, it's not like like you said, Rodney. 
you know, didn't get blown. They didn't get beat eight to one. They didn't get beat four to nothing. I mean, it, it was in the last inning of <laughs> both games. David Vasse is going to jump on and join us in the next segment. Get his take on what happened. We'll open the phone lines for you after Dave. Let you weigh in. And our visits with Eric are brought to you by the Ford F-150 with combined toughness and intelligence. Test drive one at your local Southern California Ford dealership today. Now, your chance to put 1000 bucks in your pocket. Text the nationwide keyword GREEN to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's GREEN to 200-200. Good luck. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Here we go. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan, and Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson on a L.A. Football Monday talking about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, all good. Well, we have to today. We have to. We have to. Have no choice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Dodger fans, we'll give you a chance to weigh in. If you want to start calling now, feel free to do so. And uh, as soon as we get off the phone here with Dave, we will start taking your calls. So they're down 0-2 with Walker Bueller pitching tomorrow. Let's let's bring on David Vasse and Dave. Good afternoon to you. Brought to you by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Okay, Dave. Um, boy, so much to unpack here. Just an overall assessment of the weekend for the Dodgers. Yeah, disappointing weekend. Just too many mistakes and a lot of missed opportunities with runners in scoring position, number one. That really affected them in game one of this series. Uh, They had multiple opportunities to win game one. Chris Taylor's base running mistake got magnified, but that's not the reason why the Dodgers lost Um, in that game. Uh, The Dodgers had uh, one out and uh, Chris Taylor at third base in the seventh inning and Mookie Betts let the best pitch of that at bat go by and was a little too passive going with the analytic route of taking pitches instead of being the aggressive Mookie that we know and love from Boston. And he popped up, fouled out. And then uh, Trey Turner, who has been swinging at a lot of pitches outside of the strike zone, stranded Chris Taylor at third base. So, that in itself was problematic for the Dodgers, and it carried over into game two because they were not much better with runners in scoring position. And I really believe that last night's game, the wheels started to come off in the seventh inning when uh, Dave Roberts decided to pinch hit for Gavin Lux and brought in Justin Turner, who had a bad neck, and then double-switched Steven Souza Jr., who has not been part of this team for the majority of the season, and there's a reason why and he showed why. It was a horrible throw to the plate, and Ron Washington got away with one because when you're down two runs and less than two outs and you got the heart of the order coming up, he really took a big gamble, and it paid off because of the poor throw by Souza. And the Dodgers tried to do what they did last year with Julio Urias, but it's a different year, and it didn't work out in the eighth inning. And I would say this about all of that. It's a completely different season for the mere fact that Kenley Jansen is a different pitcher. And you have a great one-two combination that you didn't have a year ago. And I felt like uh, I leaned towards the side of it was unnecessary to bring in Julio 
in the eighth inning because of the fact that Jansen and Trinan have been so good. So, yeah, just a um, frustrating night last night in Atlanta for a number of different reasons. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you that, um, you know, Trinan only throwing seven pitches the inning before probably should have stayed in. And I get, you know, the mindset, oh, is lefty on lefty, oh, we got we to bring him in. But to your point, um, and I don't think it was just Julio that didn't have his best stuff, but do you think that the team – was a little bit fatigued, Dave, in general? Well, I can tell you this. Yeah, they're beat up physically and um, mentally after winning game five and then having to go straight to Atlanta and play these games. There's no doubt about today's off day will definitely be a great boost for a lot of guys. And uh, we'll see how Justin Turner is feeling. He did not look like his neck was that much better, and I'm sure a long cross-country flight isn't going to make your neck any better, but hopefully today he can get some treatment and be ready for tomorrow. Um, but the Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball at Dodger Stadium, so you would expect them to win tomorrow. If they lose tomorrow, uh, that is going to be a real uphill climb. So I would expect them with Walker Bueller on the mound at home, he'll do his job like the pitching staff has done all season long, but will the Dodgers' offense do their job, which – has not been consistently great all postseason. Dave, let me let me ask you a question. Two two things. I know I agree with you. I think they they left too many too many uh, guys on base, stranded on base. But but do you think that that this analytics thing they 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 do, they do it too much? Like they don't let the players play baseball. You know, I I just feel like they like they they put too much into to to the analytics. I mean, I'm just give me your opinion on it. Yeah, you know what, Eric? The Dodgers are a heavy analytic-based organization, and it's worked for them. Um, But at times, it seems like it gets inserted and doesn't allow the players to compete and let the players decide it between the lines. And I know Julio has been extraordinary being a relief pitcher, being a starting pitcher, being that hybrid guy last year. But if you look at just this last three weeks for Julio, He's a human being. Don't forget this. He's a human being. He's not just a number on a spreadsheet. He didn't pitch for seven days. Then he started the first. Uh, he started in the NLDS in San Francisco in Game Two. Then he's brought in out of the bullpen, and then he's asked not to be on a on a routine to start again for Game Four. But he's asked to not throw his normal bullpen sessions, and then come in and pitch the eighth inning last night. And look, he's done it before, but you know that's it's not easy. He made it look easy last year, and I just feel like um, it's been that that's a lot to ask from him. And if it's out of necessity, I understand it. But the Dodgers have a really good bullpen this year. It's not like last year where they didn't really trust an ineffective Kenley Jansen at the end of games. So yeah, I just felt like you know if it works out. People are not second-guessing it, but it was a gamble, and they are asking a lot of Julio, and now he may be compromised for Game 4. Who knows what Julio we're going to see in Game 4 after uh, just this whack, this out-of-whack type of a routine. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the danger is how is he going to respond because you're going to need him, and, and I agree with you. Once you, you got a 20-game winner that is, you know, this season is different than last season. He was – built to become a starter and was a starter this year and and to now change his role 
to that point, he is he is human, like like all of us are. That being said, Dave, and all the things we just talked about, it still were they still needed walk offs to beat the Dodgers in the ninth inning. It was still close games. It wasn't like the Dodgers went in there and got blown out eight to one or four to nothing in those two games. It was still a game in the ninth inning could have gone either way. Is that something that they can take back with them that, okay, we didn't play our base baseball, we didn't run the bases well, we made errors, and we made probably some bad decisions pitching-wise and, and not keeping enough bench players ready to go, but we still only lost a game in the ninth inning on walk-offs. Is that something that can take back with them? Yeah, because the Braves won't have the final at-bat these next three games, and that's significant, especially in this day and age of baseball where everybody's so focused on slugging percentage. I thought it was refreshing that the Braves were able to come back and do it without, you know, a home run. They put the ball in play. They strung together hits. And that's been something the Dodgers have not been able to do. They scored uh, their go-ahead runs with a base hit to center field that was misplayed. So that was, uh, that was nice to see as well. But on the flip side, Rodney, you could say the Braves are feeling pretty good about themselves coming to L.A. considering Freddie Freeman is 0-for-8 in the first two games with seven strikeouts. So they could say, you know what, we've done all this without Freddie Freeman. So both teams can rationalize where they're at in this series. The facts are the Dodgers, If you know, I know people don't like to say certain games are not must-win, but make no mistake about it. Tomorrow's a must-win for the Dodgers with Walker Bueller on the mound at Dodger Stadium. Uh, Dave, I... I felt this. I mentioned it to Rodney and Eric earlier. Julio last night just didn't seem to have as much pop on the ball. Max Scherzer, uh, Dave Roberts said after the game, when he went out to get him, he goes, I've given you all I've got. And, you know, Scherzer never wants to come out of a game. Are these guys getting fatigued? Well, Scherzer certainly said he was. He said his arm was dead last night. And, uh, you know, he said that this has been – his body hasn't bounced back from closing out game five of the NLDS. And uh, the one, I guess, silver lining in all this is, yeah, they pushed Scherzer to pitch in game two, but he'll be pitching on extra days rest uh, when this series gets to a game six back in Atlanta. So uh, I guess that's the silver lining that you're going to have, hopefully, arrested and recovered Max Scherzer when it comes down to the final couple of games of this series. Um, so, in a, in a seven-game series, I know it's uh, not ideal to be down 2-0, but it's a long series, and the Dodgers do have a lot of talent, and the Braves are starting to run out as, uh, with their pitching as much as the Dodgers are running on fumes with theirs. So kind of like last year, maybe not to the same extreme, that the longer this series goes, it favors the Dodgers. Hey, hey Dave, you know you mentioned that you know, Scherzer are going in game six in Atlanta. Uh they're going to obviously have a bullpen game, you think, on, on one of these three games they got here at Dodger Stadium. Do they push Julio back to have, to have him go in game five as opposed to game four? That's not what the plan has been so far. Dave Roberts was adamant that he'll be ready to go for game four. We'll see how he feels today. Uh, I'm sure they'll evaluate how his arm and body has responded after uh, pitching that eighth inning last night. And, it happened so fast in that eighth inning. It's not like he walked guys. He just, it was kind of like a combination um, where it happened so fast that he was on a standing eight count at that point in time. And um, that was the script. And that's the problem with scripting out games. 
uh, you, you don't know how they're going to go sideways. And I, I know uh, some people around baseball felt like Bruce Star Gratterall. I had a couple of uh, uh, major league coaches text me thinking, you know, Gratterall in the seventh inning against their righties, and then Kenley in the eighth and trying in against uh, the top of their order in the ninth. But the Dodgers wanted to steal outs with Julio on his throw day. And it was a little surprising to hear Dave Roberts say that they had this plan possibly for a situation similar in game one. That was, um, I think that got lost under the radar as well, that they were very confident, so confident about going with this plan that it was even going to happen in game one. I, want, I got one question, Dave. I know it's going to sound odd because nobody asked this question anymore. Does anybody ever pitch nine innings anymore? <laughs> Does yeah. that ever happen? No. That ever happen? <laughs> Scherzer, Scherzer's the closest thing that would go for it, uh, ED. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. You really don't. Um, that's just, I don't know. There's not too many elite starters like that, especially in the postseason. I'm trying to think right now between the Red Sox and Astros, they don't have anybody. I guess the uh, closest thing that – uh, baseball has two, two pitchers that would be capable of doing that uh, at this point in time of the season is Max Freed of the Braves and maybe Walker Bueller, maybe Max Scherzer. Uh, I think it's, um, it's just been these guys are not conditioned to do that anymore, which is somewhat sad because Fernando Valenzuela always tells me whenever you give that ball up to the relief pitcher, the game's not in your control anymore. You have control of the game as long as you're out there on the mound, win or lose. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on. Uh, Hopefully things will turn around for the Dodgers. Rough weekend. Yeah, you know what? My my, uh, week got better, Fred, after after I saw you on Game 5 in San Francisco. Fred just, (laughs) guys, Fred just marched into my radio booth. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Dave. He just bogarted his way in. Abracadabra, here I am, and I'm going to make myself at home. Yeah, I hung out with Dave the whole night. He, he ate your food, too, Dave. I'm sure I heard. I'm sure he ate, ate your food, drank your oh, drink. Yeah. I know he, I oh, know, yeah. I know, I mean, I, and I know he didn't leave no money. You got you to worry about that. No, no. There was no there, he thought it was the radio station suite in Los Angeles. I said, this is a broadcast booth. I don't have any wine or cheese for you. All right, Dave. Well, I'll come find you tomorrow. Oh, thank- I can't wait, Fred. It was tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there goes our buddy, David Vassay. All right, Dodger fans, let's open the phone lines. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. This is it. Go ahead and vent. Get it off your chest. Vent your spleen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Talk about your panic meter. Vent your spleen, Fred. Your spleen. You haven't brought that out in a while. Vent- you want people to vent their spleen. Huh? I think today's the day. Before we have those calls, when they get on... Uh, you got to tell us where your meter is, Fred, because you said it's not green anymore. And when we come back, I'll do that. Our visits with Eric are brought to you by the Ford F-150 with combined toughness and intelligence. Test drive. One at your local Southern California Ford dealership today. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon delight. All right, then. Today's afternoon delight is... The Weeknd by BB. The South Korean singer teamed up with the recording company 88 Rising on this track, which dropped over the weekend. The song is set to appear on the collaborative album entitled Head in the Clouds 3, which will be released before the end of the year. Again, today's 
Afternoon Delight is The Weekend by BB and 888-RISING. All right. Well, anytime we have 888-RISING on the show. It's triple eight to you, Fred. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay. Let's get to your calls, 866-987-2570. You can weigh in on the weekend. You got to give you a chance to get it out. We get it out, we'll all be better. The but, weekend by BB or the weekend the Dodgers play? The weekend the Dodgers okay, play. Just check. You by know what? I, Fred, I'd love to see you dance. You know, I would pay no, you money wouldn't. for that. Yes, I would. No, that you wouldn't. Just, that would just be. I think. <laughs> Either you pay money for that. Oh my gosh! I just. Be, I'm sure I'd just be on my back laughing to death because I mean, I just came see him holding the beat. How much? You know, money, you know, how much money you, you got? You, oh, I got enough to. I'm not got to bet you. No. You ain't gonna bet much. No, we're not gonna bet. If you want to see me dance, you pay me. I'll dance. Okay, I got ten dollars. No, the, we ain't in the strip club, Fred. <laughs> really? Thank you. Thank you. Pay you to dance. So throw a dollar. Put a put a pole out in front of. Me. <laughs> ain't in Magic and, City. Fred. And next coming up. And next coming up, Frederica. <laughs> coming out the headliner, all the way from Burbank, California. <laughs> uh, as for Frederica's panic meter. It's moved from uh, green to orange. I'm now moderately concerned. I'm not red, but now I've moved to orange. I'm concerned. And I don't think that's You can't unfair. be good and be be orange. Because no. you said you were good before. I'm no. good. I'm still good, but I'm... So you're orange, huh? I'm still positive, but I'm concerned. Boy, nobody jumps off the train and the tracks like you, boy. You jump all in off. Boy. Well, I'm not saying... No, I'm not in red. I'm not saying it's over. I'm just saying I feel good, but I'm concerned. That, that makes sense. Yeah, Thank you. You still should be in green, though. I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good. Uh, Steven Yorbelinda, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great show. Thanks for doing it. You guys are really honest there, and I appreciate that from you guys. Thank you. Hey, listen, uh, weighing in on uh, a couple decisions. Uh, Austin Riley up the bat in the game one. And the man on second with one out. Uh, any manager knows that you're supposed to walk him, and go. And then you got two. You got two in order for the double play. And then the second one is a game two with Eddie Rosario up, three for four, open base, and uh, they don't they don't walk him either. And I know Freddie Freeman was coming up, but he's like oh for everything. Just wanted you guys to weigh in on that. Appreciate the call, Steve. Yeah, I get the one with Austin Riley because he had uh, he had just hit a home run early in the game, and uh, he was a guy that uh, that was very hot and he had open base and uh, late in the inning. So I I definitely get that one. Um, I do um, I do understand with the two lefties up with Julio on the mound, um, you want to go after him. Um, so I I, I I I agree with you on the on the Austin Riley one. I, I'm fifty fifty on on walking him, you know, because Freddie Freeman. I don't care if he's you know, oh for fifty, he's still dangerous. Yeah, you know, he's still dangerous at any any moment. Just like Chris Taylor was oh for whatever and hit the game winner. So, um, he's Freddie Freeman for a reason. So I I, I don't want to get to him. All right, Chris in L.A., go ahead. Hey fellas, just a couple of things. Um, you know, I don't know if the Dodgers are so much tired. You know, they've been feast or famine the whole year. That's the way they play. I mean, that's the way the team's set up. They may score nine runs one day, then then zero the next, but. Uh, as far as the pitching, that's the problem when you sell your soul to the analytic devil. And that's what the front office has done, and it causes all of these ridiculous uh, moves 
and it, 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 it prevents them from having a margin of error. Pitchers have to come in and be perfect. So they don't have a chance to kind of get their groove because they're coming in for one particular batter as if now everything is so specialized. And one other thing, Fred, as far as Corey Seager and, and, and Rodney, you played baseball. I played some middle, middle infield. I honestly think he was distracted by that hard shot from Kenley Jansen throwing his glove up because he, I think he thought it was a line drive and then it wasn't because normally you would definitely get in front of a ball that's hit the ground already or a ball that's going to hit the ground. He just turned and was going to backhand it, I think, like it was a line drive. He made a great play before yeah, on that uh, Gratterall. Mm-hmm. So, so I, that's what I think. I think he was in between. And a hard shot like that, you, do, you have like a split second. And that's why I think it just hit off his glove um, because he really thought it was going to be a line drive out because he's a good infielder. He would know to get in front of that ball. It's an important pitch. One last thing. As my father told me, not just because something goes well doesn't make it a good decision. So even though, Roberts, we everything worked out in San Francisco, that doesn't mean analytics all the time are a good decision. And- Appreciate the call, Chris. Gotcha. But you got mm-hmm. you got to think overall, it has bowled the Dodgers well the way they play. I mean, going to three World Series in four years and winning one, it's hard to argue with the formula that they put together. But yeah, in certain situations, like he's right because they talked about it on the broadcast. Is that when you play that, you know, matchup game and you got pitchers coming in for one inning and, and doing those things, everybody's got to be perfect. And 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 playoff baseball. And you know, AED, you know, the adrenaline goes. You know, guys get hyped up in different ways. And there's a there's a different X factor in the playoffs than there is during the regular season. And things are amped up a little bit more. And so a lot of that you have to balance. And I heard. Uh, Alex Cora talk about this. I, I have to balance the analytics with my eyes because sometimes I got to go with my gut and go with my eyes in the playoffs as opposed to regular season. Regular season, you lose a game, you can go, you play in the next day, and it's no big deal. But in the playoffs, everyone counts. And sometimes as a guy's going good or a hitter's with the hot hand, you got to stay with them. And those are the balances you got to do as a manager, which is not easy. But it's, 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 I think to your point, what you were saying all day, ED, is that sometimes you got to, you got to believe what your eyes are telling you and go with your gut sometimes as a player and as a manager. Well, think about the analytics kind of started, I'd say, with the, with the Oakland A's. You know, and Oakland A's didn't have a great baseball team. You know, they, 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 went, they went with the analytics and it worked. But you look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a great baseball team. They have a lot of talent. And, and talent, to me, overrides analytics. That's why I think this analytics thing just gets overplayed so much. I mean, look, you can use it some, but you have to go with the eye test. You have to go out and talk to your guy. How do you feel? You know, are you, do you, how, how, how do you feel? Really, how do you feel? You know, and, and he said it best. You can't always throw the perfect pitch. Like you can bring a guy out to the, the pitch against this guy. And he got to throw it. If he gets hit, oh, we got to take him out. We got to hit. Oh, that's it for him. You got to get him out of here. You know, I just feel like that you got to let him play baseball. And he's done both, right? I mean, Dave has done both. Remember the year before with Boston, he did the righty-lefty thing, and everybody complained, oh, Cody Bellinger led the league in home runs and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't play in two of the two of the four games or two of the games back in Boston. And and then the next year he lets Julio go right where everybody said well why are you letting Julio go more than one inning and he go and finished out both the NLCS and the World Series in those games so he's he's evolved too and it's a you know it's it's, it's tricky but you're right I think sometimes especially in big games meaningful playoff type of games I, I think you got to start trusting your gut and your players. A little bit more than you do in the regular season. Rich, let me ask you oh, this. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Let me, let me ask you this one. So, so you know, so we'll never know. 
But is a lot of this coming from Dave Roberts or a lot of this coming from the front office? Because well, I said, we'll, it's we'll collaborative. It's yeah, a collaborative. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they because go down no, and they've got because to lay it, out. Yeah. Because, because, Dave, you know, because, Dave doesn't have any, I mean, Dave has say, but they all talk about it at yeah, the but end I, of the day. I, I guarantee you, nobody's going to fire the front office. That's the difference right there. They <laughs> you know, Dave's got to live with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah right, right, live with it. right. And he, and he, he might come out and say, I, you know, he would never come out and say, that was not my call. Right. You know, he would never. I didn't want, I didn't want to do that. You know, and he might have thinking in his mind, Man, we just, we shouldn't have did that. But you'll never know. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of times, and Edie, you know this, and I know we got some more calls. But I, you know, sometimes the game will dictate what you do, right? And, and because yeah. all the decisions that they make, the Dodgers make, all these decisions are made before the game and before it actually even happens. So they know this scenario: this person's coming in, this this person coming in. Same thing in football. You you know, you go into a game, say we're going, we're going, we can throw every down against this team, and they all of a sudden they can't stop the run. And you're going to start running the ball down their throat because everything changed. The game dictated how you change and play. And that's the same thing in all sports. All right, let's go Rich in Huntington Beach. Rich, thanks for holding. Hey, thanks, guys. You know, we spend a lot of time second-guessing Roberts, don't we? There must be something to that. I agree with the caller prior that said that Seager was blocked out by Kelly Jansen. I don't understand why training. He only threw seven pitches in the seventh. Why aren't we going to him in the eighth? The guy's tried and true. I really like that guy as a ball player. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear uh, Mr. Dickerson's uh, take on Staley going for it on fourth and one on their own 19 in Baltimore. I'm not saying that they uh, had a chance to win that game, but I also think Staley is a pretty overrated coach. Rich, thanks for the call. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Dodger, Dodger calls, stay right here because mm-hmm. we'll break for the top of the hour and then we'll come back and we're going to keep taking calls. We'll have... We'll have Vic on. How dare they cut you off, Fred. Later during the 1 o'clock. All right, so much to say here. Do you see Fred's face? I see Fred. Yeah, you see Fred. about to break somebody in half right now, no, Fred. Aaron didn't get to answer the Charger question, which why that came in here, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, let me tell you what the schedule is for tomorrow on the radio station. Tim and Steve Sachs will go 6 to 9. Rodney and I will jump on 9 to 11. Petros and Money will be on 11 to 1. Tim Cates will have the pregame show at 1. Then we'll have the call of the game at 2. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to get these Dodger calls, and Eric will let you answer that critical Charger question as well.